kidding. Almost suck. There's a couple good ones. Elton John, no Patrick Harris. Alan. Elton John. El- dude, 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 dude. I know we talked about before about, um, and we can save it for more of the podcast once the levels are done, but we talked about the Elton John movie and how you, yeah. weren't, you weren't quite a huge fan of Taron Edgerton singing out of, like, actually, like, doing the singing. I uh, I just don't. I'm I'm a little. I got. I'm a little concerned. A little concerned. I'm not like. I'm not like against it. And even honestly, like, I still think the movie's gonna be good either way. Is it because you're a homophobe? Is he gay? No. Oh. <laughs> but he's playing a gay, which makes him gay. makes him like partially for gay. a little bit. Yeah, for like if three months. If period. you ever play a gay guy, you have to. You're definitely a little gay. Never go full gay. <laughs> There's a rumor that he was gay. He's like, Taryn. Have you heard have you heard him like opera sing? No. It's actually pretty good. I didn't know Taryn Edgerton was with us right now, ladies and gentlemen. And then I guess he like grabbed one of his friend's butts and he's like, no, I'm just gonna fuck my Yeah, straight dudes grab butts all the time. I grab a I grab dick and balls daily. I feel more comfortable doing it because I feel like I'm not gonna get harassed about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a homophobe. Give me a dick. Give me a dick. <laughs> give me, bring give bring me a dick, dick around. <laughs> Whereas, like, if I like just grab a girl's ass, you know, I got a lot of fucking uh, assault allegations now against me. If it's a dude, they're like, <laughs> hashtag dude, no homo. Hashtag me too. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag me too no homo. All right, I think the levels are a little strong, but they see the thing is, I'm trying to. Oh, I want to test to see. Did you listen to our stuff in the car at all? Because I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. How does it sound? Are good. you able to turn up, like the volume enough? Can you actually hear it, or yeah. is it? Like, yeah, it's really oh, okay. easy to hear it. Yeah. Cool. All right, then we should probably be pretty good with what we've. Been the one doing. where obviously the one where it was it was the first uh, one, the first one with Taylor yeah. and Katie. There's just no, there was just no hope there. No, homo. um, no homo. But uh, all right, cool. I just wanted to make sure because I was like with the headphones, it sounds good, but then I was like, I I don't know. If I need to turn up the levels for like cars or anything like that, but as long as you've tried it before and it works out, then we'll keep it as it is. Yeah, I don't know. It's not as loud as like actual podcasts, right? Which might so like like we might want to consider raising the levels just for the sake of that. Um, like if you play ours and then like immediately play right, right after like Joe Rogan on or any other podcast on it, like their levels are higher. Right. So, I mean, there's that to be considered, but as far as, like, being able to play it and hear it, I could hear everything. Let's give it a whirl. We'll try to bring it up just a little bit. Um, okay, so we got that. Keep talking to me. Keep, Keep ta- talking to you. Won't talking this sweet sexy. voice. Won't this smooth jazz. Oh, Won't this sweet voice. All right. So I've been... I've been... Uh, I've just been keeping it. Let's just keep it rolling. I think we're Are we live? Good. It's been live for a while. I've been testing the things. So I can just cut out to where we begin now. We're live. We're juicy. We're juicy, juicy. We're in this bitch now. Juicy J. Shout out, Juicy it J. It feels like it's been a while. It has been. I haven't so- had this mic. Can, we, we, <laughs> can they? Are they going to hear that music? Do you think? And we could turn it off. Super low. Do you, do you mind turning off that? Do you, oh, you got Mookie on you. Fine. Mookie, Pookie, Atachuki. Guys, I, like I'm, I'm about to like I'm about to say like guys, you know, missed you guys, but like there's no one there yet. Hi. But like, I, you know, it's still <laughs> I, miss, I missed our audience. I like to pretend that we yeah. have an audience and that way we yeah. can say things like we missed you guys. We missed you guys. And then someone finds us a year later when we have an actual following. And oh, they're, yeah. like, they're like, damn, they missed me. They missed me. They, missed they knew me. that they knew that I was Aww. missing them. That's so cute. Yeah. It's weird. No podcast. It's like, a, you know, what podcasts are for me. And I think for a lot of people, it's like you don't need to journal 
when you got a podcast. Obviously, it's more yeah. public. So obviously, if you want to talk about like, do you mean personally, or do you mean like as an audience member listening, you don't need to? No, journal. personally. Okay. Like it's uh, so at least that that need to kind of like I want to sit down and I want to podcast. I want I got to get this stuff off my yeah, chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it fills that same spot that I think when people journal. I think that's what they do. And so this is like my therapy, you know. This is your therapy. Sit out and I get this to just really get it out and terrible therapy. Tell all the people who don't listen and, and you know <laughs> say what I want. Say and what I want. If you don't like me, you don't gotta listen to me. Back but out. I gotta get it off my chest. Leave, mother lover. <laughs> I'm sorry about those levels. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. We're how you been? It. I've been good, man. 2019. It's been a year since I've seen you. Cheers to that. Cheers. We're sitting here. We're doing a little brunch, uh, a little brunch podcast. Got some mimosas flowing. This is a special brunch podcast coming to you live from Northridge. Well, not that live, I guess. Not yet. Soon. Oh uh, yeah. How was uh? You were in Maine. Oh yeah, the Great Frozen Tundra. Yeah, it I've never be- been. It's beautiful. Number one thing to do in Maine. Number one thing to do in Maine. Eat lobster. Nah, fuck lobster. Sorry, anyone in Maine who really likes lobster. You're right. Uh, fresh lobster? Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. It comes right off the docks. I used to actually help out in a lobster boat. So I've actually like gone, like caught them and hooked them. Like, so what you do is you just take out all these fucking traps. You have a, you have a route in the boat that you go. You drop off the traps. And then you kind of circle back, and you're going to check the traps like that's periodically. I've, I've done that before. And uh, it's real dangerous. Not that dangerous. But I've had a – there was an old merchant marine named Captain Alex – who was the one who who took us and he was a sick motherfucker let me tell you any mm. joke that came out of his head was was pervy as fuck he, had, he was like a bald spot but he had long like white hair oh, he was one of them he was one of those guys he always he refused had, to get he up. always had like a neck breaks but i don't know if anything was actually broken and <laughs> he had like a and he had just... a hook for a hand from all the years of just grabbing really not like a real hook like his fingers oh, from I the years of just grabbing these traps cuz what you're doing is you're swinging in the boat and if you get real good at it you can just fucking like pull them up right and so he like constantly had like like three fingers that were just a, a, a permanent hook Three finger Captain Alex. <laughs> so, so, so we start always like talking about like fingering chicks and shit. Oh and like, God! <laughs> like, oh, and you're God. trapped on a boat with this dude for like eight hours. Oh no! <laughs> uh, that's good old Maine humor, though. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I went on a p- pontoon. Is that what they're called? Oh damn! That's like down south stuff. No. Yeah, pontoons are like the ones with like I believe they're the ones with like the big old. Uh, no, 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 no. No, they they have like big metal. Like, it's it's like yeah, it's like floaties on the side of it. Um, it's like a platform. I was, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Um, what, what am I thinking of that has the big fan? I know what you're it. talking about. It down that go in like swamps, gator hunting and shit. Yeah, yeah, on top of what the water. What the fuck is that? I don't, I don't know, know what that is. All I know is that shitty ass country song that was by Sugarland, Little Big Town, Little, Little Big, Big Town on the pontoon. <laughs> I was like, the fuck am I listening to? Little Big to? Town. The only song I like from them is. Uh, uh, Boondocks. Oh, okay. I feel no shame. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one's I actually got like from. a cool rhythm. This one's like this one's literally <laughs> trying to like I don't know like reminisce about those lazy southern like summers, but it just sounds so boring as a song where it's just like 
on the pontoon. <laughs> I'm like, all right, like, I'm am I supposed to dance to this? Like, what am I supposed, supposed to, to slow dance? It's definitely a slow dance vibe. <laughs> it's like a bunch of like southern people just being like, let's if, slow dance, if baby. If you play that song and don't get laid, something's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're laying down because you fell asleep, I do not blame you. Oh, uh, okay, but yeah, we used to go on the uh, the pontoon. Well, not used to. I did it once. Uh, <laughs> my friend's dad had a pontoon boat. We get on the pontoon boat, and we did the the lobster traps, and it was the most. We did it at night. Okay. And it was the most exciting thing every time you pull them up because you catch a bunch of weird shit. We had an octopus oh, come fuck. up. We had some some random fish. We had, of course, Where some was lobsters. This? this was in San Diego. Okay. Um, we had some lobsters come up. And then uh, one time we, we pulled it up and on the outside just hanging was this massive, like, from tip to tip, if it was completely sprawled out, uh, it was probably like at least a, 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 f- a three to four foot spider crab. The fuck? And it looked mean, brother. Were those like the ones with and, the really long legs, or what? Like, yeah, what? and they, oh. they're they're like they look all spiky and everything. And the dude, as soon as we pull it up, that. he was like, "Do not let that on the boat. They are mean as fuck. <laughs> Kick it off." And so we're sitting there just like kicking this monster, like with your real foot, or just with like, a real foot. Like we we're actually like yeah. it, we needed to get. Can it, it like pinch you? Can it like get you? I don't, I'm not familiar with like its pincers, like. I mean, it can't it like, it like, have, like, like good you? reaction speed. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's blazing it's back like counter block, you know. <laughs> and I remember randomly we just heard a splash at the edge of the boat, and like we like, go look what it is, and a baby seal had just hopped up on the on the pontoon boat. Oh, seriously? Yeah, he was just chilling. And and your, and your dad's friend or your dad's friend or whatever was like, uh, "Get that off the fucking boat! They're mean yeah, as kick hell!" It, kick it, <laughs> kick it. And so he kicked that seal right off the boat. <laughs> See. <laughs> anyway, so Maine, you were out there having some lobster. I did not have lobster oh. because it's wintertime. It's I don't know. It's not really something Some you do. Lobster bisque. You have a lot. You have a lot of, that's true. You have a lot of soup. There's a. You have a lot of soup in Maine. No, what was there to do in Maine? Well, Portland, Maine is now one of the top food places in the country. Um, really? Mm-hmm. So they have amazing, like, basically any type of taste that you want. They have a restaurant for it, and it's all really good. They are probably one of the top five craft brewery places in the country. You know, Allagash is there, Sea Dog breweries, the breweries there, a lot of stuff that Yardhouse carries. Nice. Oh, yeah. So, um, basically what you do is you eat and you drink. If it's uh, summertime, you can go to the ocean, you can go to the islands, you can go to rivers, you can go to lakes, you can go to country, you can go to mountains, you can go hiking. You can do basically anything you can do, you want to do there. That's why I'm always laughing when people are like here, they're like, so what's there to, what's there to do in Maine? And I'm like... What do you want to do? Like, what do you do anywhere what do else? Do? What do you do? What is there to do in Los I Angeles? I want to star in movies. <laughs> okay, maybe stay in LA for that one. Maybe, maybe <laughs> but, stay in LA. But the LA, rest yeah. of the stuff. Yeah, the rest? You got you, 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 you to gotta come. What? Yeah, that's not true. There was some movie that was filmed, like, in our uh, hometown, Saco, and, like, the Bitterford area and stuff like that. Um, it's actually, like, a full-on movie called Holly Star. I, I don't know. It was some Christmas movie that came out. And everyone, like, was a huge fan of it. They're like, oh, my God. Like, I literally, there was a screening at one of the city theaters for the film. Like, everyone's, like, just embracing that film. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a chance for me to star in movies. One. Who knows? Who knows? One. A lifetime. You know. Nice. Well, I mean, I'm glad you guys had fun. I never said we had fun. I just said we ate and drank. That's true. No, what uh, did you do for the new year? I, for the new year, nothing. For Christmas, I was in Colorado. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, for New Year's, I hung out with a with a couple friends, uh, just at a local bar. Um, but I'm not really big. Like I think I will be eventually, but I'm not really that big into like really any holiday right now. 
Really? I know that sounds weird. Like and like, it's not that I'm against it. And I think that when I like get my family or maybe when I, yeah, maybe, what is maybe it? I'm just too poor. Or Any something. holiday? Like, like you don't just, give a shit about Halloween? You don't give a shit I, about. I don't. It's not that I like. So if, if, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to go all out, like I really like it. But if I don't, I also don't care. Does that make true, sense? True. So like New Year's, if it someone's passes, like, we're having a New Year's, like if you were like, if you were here and you were like, let's throw a New Year's party, mm-hmm. let's do this. I'd be like, that sounds great. And I would come and I had a great time. It'd be fun. But also if it was like, I'm going to stay at home and just watch YouTube, I would <laughs> like also be any happy. other day, like, like any you know, other day. Halloween, it's like, oh, there's a Halloween party. That's dope. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Or, but, my th- or my Thanksgiving dinner that you came to. That was a great time. Like, that, was What's a, up? That, was a, that was a really awesome and time. And we learned that Bruce cracks under pressure bruce does <laughs> he panics hey are you guys uh are you guys free next saturday do you work uh i don't know what i do my, I, I i don't know my schedule we're doing is my yet. birthday celebration oh yeah yeah no we'll uh, be there there's a there's a dinner for we'll be there. the guys who are close to me which you are invited to uh, that'll be before we're having a barbecue for everyone okay like seven and then before it's uh gonna be like ribeyes and and I and dig it. And all, that stuff. all right, I dig it. I'll ask you at the at the end of the podcast more like who's gonna be there. I don't want you to like. Yeah, no worry. I, I don't want someone to listen to it. Like, wait, what I forget, the fuck? I it's officially <laughs> next Saturday, and it's gonna be a good time. No, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll be there for that. I got, I got, I got to get my shit figured out about what I'm doing for a job back here. I gotta. We'll see if I'm invited back. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I can talk about. You, do you remember like going through like training and they were like. You can't talk about us. You have to say that no matter what, if you're like putting out a Facebook status, you have to say, in my personal opinion and not the opinion of my employment <laughs> and like all this stuff. And it's like, so I'm like kind of nervous right now that some like why don't some, come after us. Some, some YH like executives. Your house is worse than Scientology. You said the word. You it. said the word. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I'm never Sorry, hired In my back. opinion, Yard House is worse than Scientology. <laughs> in my opinion, that's not the opinion of my employer. Yard House oh, is worse man. than Scientology. What if Scientologists are running Yard House and we just like shot fires at two of them? Oh, snap. Oh, it's a conspiracy. This podcast is over now. <laughs> like, literally, my computer just catches on fire. <laughs> Freddie and Tyler Gaylord found dead in the ditch. <laughs> Fetal position. They two, were crying two profusely. Actors, two actors in Los Angeles <laughs> with a bunch of, it looks like they overdosed on some sort of drugs. <laughs> they might have been gay together because their pants were found taken off. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's a typical actor tale here in Los Angeles as two young actors are found dead in a ditch two in Studio City. Actors. Kevin Hart <laughs> refuses to pay respects. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres is to have him back on the show to see if this new update has changed his mind. Oh, God damn. Yep, that, that's basically a typical L.A. story right there. Yeah. I just can't believe you know, everyone's so outraged about Every little thing you heard about, like right after, oh, it was another thing after the the Kevin Hart stuff. But do you remember? You don't follow like football too much, do you? No. Okay. Well, here's the thing. On top of the Kevin Hart thing, I think it came out like a week after the college football Heisman Trophy winner. You're familiar with the Heisman Trophy, is right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know this guy's arguably the best player in college football, most important. However you want to do it. He's like 19 years old. He's like a freshman, I believe. I could be wrong about that, but he's a kid. You know, he's in college, yeah. right? And after the, he won the Heisman Trophy, they went back. Some some troll went back on through his Twitter, found some some homophobic tweets from him from like eight years ago. He was like 14 years old. 
Like, he was like 13, 14 years old when he put out these tweets. I'm like, so where's the... Like, there's no line for these people. That doesn't give a shit that you're like... I mean, think about you in, like, high school. You know, like, or even if he's 13 at this time. I can't remember which one. He's in eighth grade. Like, you're going to say some stupid-ass shit that you don't mean. Yeah. And then they find... So, like, I'm like... what are you trying to accomplish here by going back to a kid who's like 13 year old, years old, like tweets? I just, I'm just so sick of this outrage culture where it's like the moment someone gets something of, of value, something of good, and then like, okay, now we got to go back and find some shit on him. Yeah, you really got to like, so there's got to be a little bit of uh, accountability. Obviously, people have to, you know, answer to certain things. But at the same time, like, you can't, you can't, like, there's a reason even in the, in the, in the, reform system when when it comes to criminals like someone does a crime they go to jail there's a reason you let them back out yeah right like there's a reason that it's like okay you have to pay a certain price for the thing you did you don't like let them out and then 10 years later they're about to be ceo of a company you're like whoa whoa i don't know it depends on the company is he a visionary is he a smart man (laughs) come on it's a case-by-case scenario here so it's just like you got it there's got to be some sort of due process you know like Like, did he get in did he get into jail for running an underground kingpin like was he like a big shot because i think he'd be very well worth running as a ceo then he'd be be great at it but yeah no it pisses me off so i think that there someone actually said something at work we were talking about it and he, he i didn't agree with the way he said it because I believe that he said that people were uh, believing everything that women would say. I believe in the in the I don't want to say rape culture, rape. Been, <laughs> I don't even know Welcome what to, to classify 2019, that. Year yeah. of the rape culture. Uh, and then now that people are like, and he said, well, now people are starting to like, be like, oh yeah, we actually have to like challenge these things. And, and I was like, you're wrong. Like, that's not how it happened. It was like the reason that the big outrage happened is because too many women went without having something happen, whether it's because they were in an environment where they couldn't, uh, come out and, and bring up the truth or they couldn't report it, or they were in an environment where they did and no one cared or an environment where people just didn't fall. Like there's tons of reasons, but there were too many women who were actually victimized and then it, shit didn't happen, which right. was not okay. And then what happened was we completely flipped the script and it was like, if you even nudge a girl's weenus from like with your elbow, yeah, you like, she could send you to jail and it got kind of, you know, it did get a little, get a little crazy. You yeah, know? I feel, it, I feel it, like I feel like you're right. It's kind of like a reaction to so many years and decades, and maybe even fucking centuries. Yeah, probably centuries is a good thing, of of nothing happening when shit did, like no response. That it now had to like before it can balance out and find a nice middle ground. It has to now flip to the other extreme, and then it'll maybe recede back to the middle. Like that's my general hope. But you're probably right about something about how it's 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 an overreaction to all of the the decades and centuries of, of nothing happening. I, and I even hesitate. I don't want to call it an overreaction because some of the things that happened to some of those ladies, like I don't want to say we're overreacting. I just think that in a few situations we are not being fair in the in, yep. in the in the form of reacting very harshly. We have lost a little bit of of actual justice um, and. And we just, you know, now we're starting to, it seems like we're starting to pull that back a little bit and be like, okay, so, okay, we learned a lesson here. Right. First of all, assholes don't touch women that don't want to be touched. Let's start there. Bam. We all agree. If you do that, you're fucked. We're out there. We're out there with pitchforks. You're done. Pitchforks. However, 
Who has a pitchfork anymore? It's I, like I, I, ever, ever since all this stuff started happening, ever since Harvey one? Weinstein, I, I went over to fucking Home Depot. Yeah, I've got torches right next I've to the tiki torches for the white supremacists. Yeah, you got you got the two aisles. You got the white supremacy aisle, and then you got that's, the, the that, that's the most <laughs> awkward situation is when I go to get pitchforks and <laughs> and like torches because I want to stand up for women, but then I see there's a dude Todd like a, yeah, and, <laughs> and he's getting his white cloak and and, like, and I'm like whoa he's in the sheet shit. section of Home Depot. You didn't even yeah. know there was a sheet section like of Home we're, Depot. We're not fighting for the same cause, but we're sh- we both get the same discount. He's kinda, like we were both. He's got look at that sale. He goes, you know, that's a. That's a model uh, 19 pitchfork. You really want to deal with the model 20 yeah. plus, you know. It's $5 more, but it's a lot. It's a lot more durable. He looks at me and tells me he's just Black Friday shopping. <laughs> dark times. Dark times. <laughs> Is that what else he said right there? Dark hey. times. But yeah, no, like it's... it's. He just, goes, he just tapping. He's looking at his little sheet, his little pitchfork. He goes, so, so what are you here for? <laughs> I don't want any problems, Todd. I don't want any problems. Todd, Todd let's just, just turn around, Todd. <laughs> just try to I'm, I'm just going to go lows from now on. So anyway. Anyway. Yeah, where do you transition from that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think that there's it's kind of coming around a little bit. I think that now we're starting to understand that like you got to take all these allocation, allocations, allegations <laughs> seriously, but then also we have to go through the form of, of due process and justice. And That's sure the thing. We, it's such a, it is such a hard... Uh, thing to to prove right so really all you do have to do is, is trust someone on the word and you really hope that they're not lying and everything and so I totally understand where it's really tough because people say that they want proof before um, someone is is convicted or whatever even if it's just socially convicted it's hard to get proof especially if it was it something really if it, especially if it was something that was like that happened 20 years ago and you felt powerless and that whoever w- did something to you uh, nothing was going to happen if you did come out besides more shit against you. Like, there's a lot of people who came out about certain things, and then they would lose friends, family, employment, stuff like that, whoever had the power in the case. And so then they get 20 years goes by, and then they finally go, okay, I think I have the the bravery to come out. And it's like, well, where can you get that proof? Like, that's so difficult. I, you know what? And I think it's really hard. And this unless is, this unless is... you are uh, Kavanaugh and you keep a calendar. About everything. There you go. That's a key. <laughs> Drink a beer. Um, I, th- I think that like there's there the the harsh part, and this is and this is probably an unpopular opinion, um, is I just really really think that people can change, in mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and so the issue. And, and I fully like I've had so many people tell me different reasons. There are so many good reasons as to why a woman would not come forward about sexual assault. Um, and there's a lot of reasons as to why it's harsh for them and it hurts them to come forward because of the process. It's just not it's not kind for them. And so I fully understand them not coming forward. But then at the same time, you, you, it's difficult to say that you can punish someone for something they did 20 years ago because they can be a completely different man. Look at the justice system. Someone can go to jail for 15 years and then be let go. And we've seen people change. Some people don't. That's true. Right. Some people are still assholes and people should be held accountable. But like if I did something horrible now and then someone didn't handle it now and then 20 years later, I'm a changed man. I've learned. I've done this. I've done that. And then you try to be like, well, now you have to be punished for that thing. It's just not the proper yeah, it's, it's not the proper way to go about it. I get why a woman wouldn't come forward, and if, I'm not trying to blame them for not coming forward. 
I just don't know that it's okay to 20 years later that in any in, situation, be a man, instance. woman, like any situation to be like, you will now be held accountable for something you you were 20 years ago. I mean, I guess it depends on, to me, it depends on the actual incident. Because you make a good point about it how does. people In the case change. of like, if it was you like know? violent rape or something, by no means, yeah, like right. they don't get you know, to. Like assault. Like, and like, yeah, there's no, 40 years down the line, <laughs> you should still be Now, castrated. if he was reaching for a drink and he like accidentally like, like, hit your boob or something like that, you know, maybe let that one slide after after many years or what have you. But if it's like actual violent assault, rape, anything like that, I mean, that's that's hard. But I think that's why a lot of things come out when a new allegation breaks. Like, look at, like, the Bill Cosby thing. When something had come out uh, semi-recently, then everyone in the past were like, okay, now I can... Because obviously that person hasn't changed. Obviously that person is still the same person that maybe did the, the assault He's still handing out ago. them pudding pops. <laughs> he's in jail now. Is he like, is he like officially in jail now? I'm pretty now? sure he's going to die yeah, there. He, oh, he's, totally. He's oh, old yeah. He looked shit. like he was going to die before he got there. Yeah. He's got, he's got like Mookie's eyes where they're like about to pop out of his head, you know? He's what a like, sad way to... I mean, not sad because, I mean, fuck him. But like, also, what is... <laughs> like, you live this grand life you did the thing you were uh, you know mm-hmm. america's father and yeah. everyone loved you and then like the last 20 years of your life yeah, everything sh- I mean, look at oj i'm not, I'm not look pitying at, him. look at oj i'm really not pitying him i'm not suggesting like, no i understand sad for him but like damn yeah he- i mean look look at like oj right obviously he fucking did it and he even got to enjoy many years knowing that he did it and got away with it and then he still kept doing more shit like trying to take his shit back in vegas and then he wrote a book saying, if I did it, like, he got to live in the moment of getting away with it, right? And oh, he yeah. still couldn't stay out of jail. But it's like, you were worshipped. You were, like, for black, white people, it didn't matter what race you were. People looked up to OJ because he was just this this mythological being. And then he gets to spend the last X amount of years in jail. I think he was just released, wasn't he? Like a year yeah, he was just released like a year ago. So he still got a little bit of time on the outside, but nothing's going to be even close to the same. You know, I mean, it's not going to yeah. be like it was for him in the 80s when he just got to be the fucking man. So it's always those those falls from graces, no matter how, like, deserving they might be, they are a little bit sad oh, because, yeah. I don't know, I'm an empathetic dude, and I kind of just, like, it's weird to say, but I'm like, if I was in his shoes, I'd feel like shit. And then I'm like, well, well you just, I never you find just, myself in his yeah, shoes. Yeah, you want to kind of just be like, man, if you just didn't rape 50 women like it would have been okay and didn't just <laughs> slit their throats in uh in, oh, oh. in oj's case oh, oh okay okay you know I what i mean not not I thought not, you were not. suggesting bill cosby should have instead i was a no. little confused no. a little confused. <laughs> if only you slit <laughs> those throats they wouldn't Things be talking wouldn't be today so <laughs> you no, like still it's, be it's just like dad. damn man why'd you have to do that everything was good like look at jared the subway guy just oh, keep doing the subway shit why you, you gotta do the why kid porn t- <laughs> why you gotta like the kids did you hear about uh tom segura Saying that he was hired on a commercial, like it was, it was an actual, like going to be multiple commercials as playing Jared's brother. No, you didn't hear this. Oh, it's a hilarious story. Go check it out. I'll never be able to do it justice. But he talks about it on this podcast. He talks about it on uh, Joe Rogan's thing. He was talking about it, but he was saying that he was supposed to be hired to play like, and he was like twenty four, working. Um, as a transcript guy, right? A transcript guy for reality television shows. So he was talking about how, like, every reality TV show you see, every single word out of the entire footage they've shot has to be transcribed so people can just pull it up and do a word search for, like, something they might want. So, like, if, if some character goes, like, 
uh, I'll have a pizza. Tom Segura would be in the back room going, uh, like typing, uh, I'll have a pizza. Like every single noise had to be transcribed. And that's what he did and got like minimum wage for it. So he's 24. He's a comedian trying to do this. And he gets this audition to go play Jared's brother. And long story short, cause I'm not going to tell like how he does. Uh, he gets it. And then he, it was like, he was going to play like the sloth brother to like Jared's like fit. Like, so like there was like an unhealthy subway sub, like, uh, the meatball marinara, like Jared would be like, try the Turkey club. And then Tom would be like, and try the meatball marinara. <laughs> and stuff like that. It is so funny. Cause he's like, he got to know Jared. He worked with him for like the commercials ended up getting cut. Cause the, uh, the CEO change in Subway, and so they just cut all projects the previous CEO did. So they filmed like three commercials, and he was gonna make bank too. He was gonna make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars the moment the first commercial hit somewhere, and then like ten thousand dollars or so every time it aired somewhere else. So he's gonna make bank for a long time, and this was gonna be commercial after commercial after commercial. And so he's like twenty four. He's like our age, and he's just like, here we go. I've made it. You know, I'm playing Jared's fucking brother, and then it gets cut. And he's like, in hindsight, probably a good thing. Yeah, all that kitty porn. <laughs> and, and this thing, he's like talking about how like Jared is kind of weird. Yeah, please do. That's so right. he goes. So he goes. So they're like his his brother's name was Jerome, and Tom Segura like on the day of shooting goes. So like, just to let you guys know, like like Jerome's a black person name. You know, and he's like, and, and everything like that. And they're like, nah, nah, nah. And then, like, they had a little meeting. And they come back to him, like, 15 minutes later and go, so uh, we decided that you're right. That that is more of a, a black person name. So we've changed it to to Jermaine. And he goes, he's, like, thinking. He's like, that's worse. That's more of a black person name. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that's worse. But he like, was not. He's, like, 24 years old. He's not going to bring it up. So he's like, okay, my name's Jermaine. <laughs> Okay, so this is completely random, but we took a poll, and we're gonna talk about. What'd you take it to? This is. (laughs) Ah. um, You're gonna be. You're gonna be a great dad. Uh, (laughs) We 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 because it's such a weird topic. Um, so we're taking a poll at work, and you know, when it comes to sexuality, a lot of people have their different fantasies. A lot of I have little kinks, you know. I like kinks. And we were discussing if there was a white girl who was with a black man and she wanted to play out a fantasy where she is the slave owner and or daughter of slave owner and the black guy is the slave. And she is dominated by said slave. How racist is that? <laughs> like on a scale from from one to ten, I think it's a solid. How, how racist is that? <laughs> yeah, that depends. Like, if you go, are you like in the south, and then you walk in, you meet her parents for the first time, and they have sheets on their heads, and there's like, no, 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 this like, is just in the bedroom. Like, this is just, just in the we're bedroom. Talking bedroom. We're talking bedroom. Outside, she's pretty chill. Yeah, we're no because because then she would just be racist if we were outside. Like <laughs> she would just. If, be if anyone racist. ever says, "Can we role play that you're you're my slave," uh, but just like all the time, that's just someone secretly asking you to be their Wanting slave. to be, uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, I mean, just I'll in, have the, you in the bedroom, just in, in, you know, that's one of her things. Uh, and a lot of people first say that it's if, really, really racist. If I was a black man, I would be a little nervous 
a little uncomfortable, but I totally fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, I would totally fucking do it. Now You're I'm still- a wi- I'm a I'm a scrawny little white boy from Maine, so. Uh, I don't, maybe I'm just role playing, being being, a, <laughs> being really rich. That's black what you want to do. That's <laughs> it. Here's here's my here's my argument for it. Here's my argument for it, though. Okay, there's a lot of people. Like one of the top fantasies that people don't talk about very much. It's there was like a, a statistic that I have no idea what to quote, but one of the top things was that uh, a lot of people have rape fantasies. That's yeah, a big. Sure. That's a big sure. thing. And my point is, anyone, every single person, almost every single person, I would imagine, who has a rape fantasy does not wish to actually be raped. Yeah, right. Because to be raped is to have someone forcefully have unconsenting sex with you. Yeah, the words unconsenting right there, yeah. And so a rape fantasy does not a want-to-be-rapist make. And so why would a racist fantasy make you racist? Yeah, like I said, I'd be uncomfortable if I was a black guy. If if, some lady asked me that. Um, But I don't necessarily think it makes it racist i think it's very similar along those lines that you're talking about 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 it's it's a it's a fantasy albeit quite an unusual one but um yeah, <laughs> i don't really like okay so you're a black guy so like if you what was your take on it not not just the like if someone goes up to ask you one would you do it and two would you be like as in the middle of it, like is this racist like, would you think that? <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of stop mid-thrust and go, hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need to reevaluate Here's this. the deal. Here's the deal. Okay? Get up. Fuck my head a little bit. Get out. Get out. Get out. Sorry. Get out. Mess with my head See a little his bit. new trailer for his new movie? So, no, I haven't. I still need to watch it. Ooh. But, uh, so, would I immediately say this girl is racist? No. But would I immediately start having like some seeds that might grow into thoughts? LOL seed. Yes. Here's the thing. What if she goes, what if she's just like in the middle of it, starts screaming out, fuck me, you're, you, N word? Like, what if she's just screaming it out? Would you be like, ah, we're going to have to the calm this is, I down? I feel like at that point, you can't, you can't stop, but like, there's a, dis- <laughs> yeah, like, are you still there's a discussion that needs to happen <laughs> once, once, once the storm has settled. <laughs> And you guys the are post coital, you know, yeah. like you're sitting on the bed, you're sitting there, and this is the point where you start to cuddle. And you go, I might hmm. be a little bit like, you know, don't touch me right now. Maybe, <laughs> like, like, I'm gonna shower. Like, Why? Because, because you, <laughs> you hurt me. <laughs> like you, you said, you said now, some things I can't come back from. Now that I've come, I can see clearly, <laughs> and I'm a little hurt. <laughs> Is that why there's a Make America Great in the corner? You, you just you I start noticing it. it you start noticing yeah. you, your, your, your blue balls was stopping you from truly seeing. And now you see like literally a framed photo of like Trump. Just Anyone who ever out. says racism doesn't exist just needs to orgasm. And then they'll have a clear view of America and everything will be so understood. I can see clearly Yeah, that's the issue. Kanye just hasn't orgasmed in a long time. <laughs> you know why? Because Kim wears the fucking pants in that relationship. Uh, That's true. They are, they're using oh, surrogates, man. right? Yeah. yeah. So he's just like jerking off into a cup. And he's like, here's my sperm, Kim. She's like, thanks. Shoves it in there. Like, there we go. I bet you whenever, like if he were to look at a petri dish of his love juice, he would probably like hold it up like it's Lion King. Yeah. Because he just uh, says, in here is magic. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like he just has to just appreciate himself so much. Yeah. He's like, I am a god. I made this. <laughs> I made life. I am God. I am a god. Jesus in a French restaurant. Hurry up with my damn croissants. Oh, that's oh, a good, yeah. good fucking tune. I, I legitimately think that Kanye West 
has some serious issues, but I will still admit, musically, his last few albums I have not dug, he's still a fucking genius. He's me. got a lot of old school stuff that's really good. Oh my god, dude. I just recently listened to Graduation and Late Registration on the on the plane, and I was like, fuck, every song some, on there is a got fucking some killer. good stuff. Oh my god. Timeless shit. Shit I can listen to today. Shit I can listen to probably 30 years from now. Dude, what a shame. Fucking Kardashians got him. It's the Kardashian curse. Well, you got. Well, he had it in check before he dated those damn Kardashians, and then they fucking like wrecked him. I don't know what the fuck they did. That's some get out bullshit. That's some get out bullshit right there. What I I love his line. I, I hope I don't misquote it, but I think it's in Power where he says, uh, "They say that I'm the abomination of Obama's nation." Uh, yep, that's a pretty bad way to start a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I love that line That's so much. That's a great one. Oh, abomination of Obama's nation. Pretty bad way to start a conversation. He, uh, he's got some killer lines, honestly. I remember, like, even going back to, like, late registration. Like, if you look at, like, Roses, the song he talks about where his grandmother's in the hospital. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's emotionally, like, riveting. It's, it's fucking pure poetry right he, there. He was, he was, he started as a poet. I think that he, mm-hmm. li- I think that honestly what just happened is his mental illness took over. Yeah, I think I the think, pressure of being Kanye, like, just took over, mixed with the mental illness, where it's just, like, all that shit racked up, I think. Do you know how pumped I am for Kanye West going on Joe Rogan? Oh, so fucking pumped. Uh, I'm going to so I'm gonna pumped. watch that. Oh, it's going to be so good. And I just want to watch how Joe Rogan tries to, to, to like navigate. Because you know there's going to be a bunch of rants, first of all. You know there's going to oh, be 15-minute yeah. segments where and, Joe Rogan doesn't get to say and anything. And Joe's going to go, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And but I also expect fully that Joe Rogan better also drill him. He's got to ask those hard questions, which Joe Rogan has never shied he, away yeah, from. I think he will. Um, I'm interested. I want to. So I want to see what angle Joe takes it at. You know. Um, and one other quick thing that's interesting about Kanye is to me, I did you know that Bob Dylan, in the height of his his popularity, released an intentionally bad album, an album so terrible. That he was hoping that people would just stop calling him like a god, because at this point he was, he was viewed as like a, a an otherworldly like savior. Like his music was was so influential that he was put on such a pedestal, and he did not like that pressure. So he intentionally made a bad album, and people still, for a longest time until like decades would pass, and everyone realized it was a bad album. People still loved the album. He was like, oh, my fucking God. But he intentionally made a bad one just so people could stop calling him a genius. And I, I don't know if Kanye's intentionally doing it, but I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere like the pressure of having to constantly... Because to me, my Twisted Dark Fantasy is his is his like uh, magnum opus. It's like the height of... It's everything. It's the production value that Kanye had in his younger years. It, it's lyrically fucking amazing. It's um, relevant to the times that it came out in. It, it's, it's his best work. And then I felt like everything after that was trying to defy constant expectations. Yeezus, which I think has some redeemable qualities. I actually do like a bunch of stuff in Yeezus, uh, was completely off-center. Then it just constantly was trying to get more and more. I, like, I think Life of Pablo, there was like some decent tracks on there. I really like Ultralight Beam and, and, and some other stuff that he's done on there. Um and then, like, the last two that were surprised. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Are you even trying? I think, I, think he, I think that Kanye is in this weird zone that an artist gets to. When you, when you're, when you are considered so exceptional mm. and you cannot stay grounded 
And in his yeah. case, I think honestly, oh. the mental you hit a real good mental note. illness as well. But when you are a creator and you're an artist and you and you you can't stay grounded, you end up floating into this area where you don't know where up is. Where like you don't know what's up, what's down, what's left and right. And you're in this creative bubble where you're just like, I'm creating, I'm creating. But and you everything kinda, I create kinda, is great because you have you have your homeboys all next to you being like, this is this is revolutionary. Yeah, but shit. you lose sight. You have like, all you lose, these. You yes don't understand men. which direction you're moving in yeah. because you're just floating in this ethereal like mm-hmm. I exist within my art and sometimes that's not healthy sometimes and here's, here's, here's the problem it's the same thing Joe Rogan was talking about with uh, comics that get big they start joking about airplane food hotel room problems stuff that normal people can't relate to but that becomes their world that becomes their reality and I was just talking to this with Katie there are things that I love about Los Angeles but for the most part there's a lot of things I don't love about Los Angeles right yeah. and I've always told people that ask me like, what's Los Angeles like? I say, well, the things that you think of when you think Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, Sunset Boulevard, um, Santa Monica, you know, what have you, that stuff hits like you expect it to. It looks just as good as you think it's probably going to look, right? It's what yeah. you would live up to. It feels like you would. It feels, it's you just know. a lot smaller than you imagine it being. And then literally like a block away from, from like Beverly Hills, you're going to find a homeless encampment. There's a lot more of the shit they don't show you. Now, the things that they do show you live up to what's promised. It's just that there's a lot more shit around. Yeah. And what's hit me about it is when you're rich, you can avoid all of that shit. You can lock yourself up in your really nice suburbs like Beverly Hills. You can go shopping at Rodeo Boulevard. You can go to Malibu at your beach house. Like, fuck it, whatever. Um, <laughs> Someplace. And then you... uh. But you know what I mean? Like, you can lock yourself in those really nice areas because you don't have to go to the shitty areas because you can afford not to. Yeah. So you begin to believe that that is reality. You begin to believe that that's, that's what people are like, that's what's going on. Like, you, you, you have convinced yourself that this is reality. Whereas all of us, we have to go to those shitty areas. We have to drive through those neighborhoods because that's the only way to get to work and shit like that. And sometimes you got to walk through things and then you're reminded about what life is really like. And I feel like it's so important for like actors because you and me are both actors to not lock ourselves in that even if you are wealthy. To constantly be able to get out, see the, sh- the, the shitty parts of the world, see the real people of the world, see all that because as actors we have to be able to tell those people's stories. You have to be able to connect to audiences. And I feel like people like Kanye, especially once they started dating like Kim Kardashian, you, you cut yourself off from, from that reality. Yeah, I feel like, uh, so I'm about to make a really nerdy analogy here. I love nerdy um, analogies. Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, for those who don't know, well, if you don't know, just fuck off. <laughs> no, uh, when he goes into Avatar mode, that's when mm-hmm. he is connected to his true self. All mm-hmm. the avatars in his lineage and becomes as powerful as the accumulative part of them. And I feel like when you are become a true, a true artist, someone who's on the level of Jay-Z, John Mayer, uh, Kanye West, uh, Elton John. Interesting you put John Mayer Billy in that category. Joel, absolutely. I would have John Mayer is really um, talented, but a lot of people don't think of him as such. Um, I mean, well, he, he has undeniable talent. Um, but uh, but he uh, you might need to come on the mic and tell me that story. But uh, but like when you get to that point it feels like you enter avatar mode when you get into this area of like the art starts to move you, you don't control it anymore. And that's a powerful state to be in. 
And that's where you make a lot of great things. But the issue was if you ever got killed in the that mode, the avatar mode, you lose the connection completely between all the other avatars. It's a risky thing to stay in because it's it's where you become the most powerful. But should you fall, you were the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it feels like that's kind of what it feels like with with these people like Kanye, who gets in this area of like, I'm floating and don't know where I am anymore. I'm creating art. I'm creating art. And then just one misstep happens and you just lose yourself so so fast right and then and then he's just like he now he doesn't even he can't he can't connect with who he used to be yeah you know? i mean he, he was um, he, he was he was in avatar mode and then kim kardashian fucking killed him she came she at, kim kardashian just killing all the people Look, lamar odom almost fucking died from a drug overdose tristan thompson had this worst season ever after being involved in that family um bruce jenner became caitlin jenner though some would argue that was always him so i'm not i'm gonna leave that one be um, and then you have like, um, okay, uh, fucking, if we're going real far back, fucking, uh, her dad was OJ's lawyer. He ends up dying of cancer. That was the beginning of the Kardashian curse right there. And then, um, Scott's just fucking Scott. I'm trying to think of other people that they've dated. Uh, fucking Kim's dated a whole multitude of people. Ray J never been relevant after, after the sex tape. Um, uh, uh, Reggie Bush started like he retired shortly after because he was no longer a good running back. Chris Humphreys was never a good basketball player, and he was even worse after dating them. And now Kanye, it's just that fucking curse, dog. The Kardashians just—it's weird because like it's so hard not to say that they're just they're they're like the the bo- Kim Kim Kardashian Kim Ye is uh is is just Kim the 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 re- the retail like off off-brand version of Jayance or Bay-Z. <laughs> like, they're like the they're, the, they're the, yeah, they're the generic version. That's the, you got Jay-Z and Beyonce and they're like royalty. And then like, just so many leagues down got, below. Like, you got Kanye <laughs> and Kim. They're like, can't, like, <laughs> they just can't get it together. They're trying They're like hard. the dollar store brand, the 99 yeah. cent store. They just can't you know, like, get it together. You're getting produce at the 99 cent store and you go, this might be good. <laughs> yeah, because even the time with the classic, like, uh, you know, hold on, I'll, I'm going to let you finish. Yeah. You Did you just see Beyonce in a crowd like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. And that was oh. before Kim. So that was like, because that was 2009, 2008. Yeah, he, he he no, but that was like the beginning of because that's no, but here's the thing. That's why he released my twisted dark fantasy, uh, because all the public did not like him. So this was his public apology to, uh, to, to everyone to the public. He was like, look, I I can still do what I need to do. So he isolated himself. He went to an island and isolated himself for like three months, and he just held himself up in the recording studio. Only flew in certain guests for it, what have you. But he, because everybody was getting on him, the public, everything like that. And so he just isolated himself and created that phenomenal fucking album. And I feel like if he needs to do that nowadays, he can't. He's so connected between fashion. He's so connected with, with Kim's family, between making appearances, between being a father, that if he does need that time alone just to seclude himself, to get his head right and to just focus on his music, he doesn't have that anymore. And I, I don't know if maybe that's the case as to why. His music suffered. I have no idea, but it's a sad thing. It's almost like the tragedy of Kanye West to me, because I am such a huge fan, and for the longest time I defended him relentlessly. And in the past like few years, it's just been really hard to to defend him as as both a genius and as a human being. Yeah, he does do a lot of great charity work still for Chicago. 
So he does a lot for that na- for that for those communities and those neighborhoods. So shout out for doing awesome charity, Kanye. Always going to try to defend you wherever I can. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Katie here has apparently. Is it like a full story or like you saw him in passing? Yeah, she just saw him at a concert. Waste oh, on his ass. Oh, okay. Ass. Okay, so it's not like a it's not like a story about me. Not like I saw just it. Super yeah. drunk when. Yeah. I bet he still played like a god. He did, but then in the he, between he was talking. He's like, "Summer is coming to an end." We're like, it's it's it's. Well, it's always coming to an end. Everything's coming to an end if you really think of it. Oh, I think man. that was really wise of him. I will say though, that's like a Star is Born. You couldn't, you couldn't tell until he was talking. When you yeah. Came, you tell that's what, what I mean. It's, it's like a Star is Born. Like oh. some of these guys are so fucked up that. Uh, but it's, it's amazing to me because I, I attempted at playing music um, and I really dedicated myself to guitar for a long time, for um, not a long time, for like a year and a half, two years. I was very, very serious about it. It was like all I was doing. Right. And I never had like the technical. I've never had like the gifted talent that like, John Mayer or them had where it was like they could pick up an instrument and just know how to play it. Everything I learned was just technically learned. Um, but I was always amazed at musicians and how. Like, cause I couldn't do it, but they could be like fucking drugged out of their minds. They could be fucking just wasted off their ass, and then they can go fucking play. Intense. I've, I've, I've played drunk a few times. Isn't that, it's amazing to me how it works a different part of your brain where you just fucking. All right, here we go. Well, I think it's once you get into a zone of you don't. So I think the reason it would be hard for like, uh, for like you to to do the things that you've learned on a guitar is because you're still trying to do those things. Right. Once you've been doing it enough to where you don't try to do it, you don't have to think about doing it. And it it becomes so much easier to do it while strong. But but to get to that level, like the John Mayer level or somewhere you're playing some really fucking crazy shit. And it's that comfortable for you that you can do it drunk. That's crazy. I remember we were, (laughs) me and my my old band were playing and we, we were, we were going to go play at our old high school. They were having like this like glory fair in the, in the parking lot. We were invited to play at our old high school, and we were at practice, and someone had brought some some beers or something like that. And I was like, "Okay, cool. Let's get a little, you know, a little loosey goosey." And I was, yeah, I was yeah, not. I kind of took up the position at that moment, kind of as the spokesperson of the band. So, like when we got there, I was like, "Okay, I need, you know, just shaking hands, talking to the people." Um, and then we started playing. <laughs> And we're trying to do a song, and I'm like, "This some some don't sound right." <laughs> so we played this song so many times. It I look over at my buddy, right. and he was. Just, what do you do? What do you say? He was just like, "I forgot." <laughs> He's like looking at you. He's like, I "Forgot how to play the song." He had gotten too drunk. <laughs> just completely forgot how to play the song. That'd be the my best fear. Part, That'd be my fucking fear. The best part is when <laughs> I'm just sitting there looking at him, trying to figure out this song that we've played so and he's many like, I don't times. Know and he's just playing random chords. Were you guys graduated from high school at this point? Yeah, yeah. They're like, man, well, Freddie really did not yeah. go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh like, man, man it, it was. We still bullshitted it. It's real easy to impress people who don't pay attention. Oh my um, god, right? But but man, that was funny. It's interesting though when you talk about like artists in in that avatar type zone, and you're listing people because I remember thinking that with with Drake back four years ago when um, the mixtape uh, um, if you're reading this came out 
right? And I remember thinking, it just struck me one moment. I was like, Drake's in the fucking, now, if we're going to use that analogy, he's in the Avatar zone right now. And I remember he, he did a song, uh, you know, Energy, from, from that mixtape? No. Okay. He's on it for literally, like, no, not Energy. Was it energy? There's one. There's one song there. Maybe it's energy. Um, where he is on it for literally less than a minute. It's a four minute song, and he let his his his, you know, the other guy, do basically the entire thing. And then Drake comes on for like fifty seconds, I think, and it's just pure fucking. It's fire, and it's not even like technically fire. It's just literally you can just feel the confidence where Drake goes. I'm so good at this now at this point. I have such command over what I'm doing. And it's just this pure, like, I remember being like, it's not like anything technically, but I was like, oh, shit. Like, I remember, like, listening to it and going, all right, he's in the fucking zone right now. And when artists find themselves in that, it, it's such a, um, actors, any any artist who finds themselves in that, there's such a joy to fucking watch and listen to. And it, it's sad because there's always a period where that ends. You know, the Avatar Zone is, is like, they leave it, what have you. And it feels like with Kanye, he was in the Avatar zone. Either he got killed in it or it ended. Now he's just back to, to whatever he, you know, whatever maybe he was before. Can he find it again? I have no idea. But there's actually something about that. So I just got this Frank Sinatra vinyl on uh, when I was back in Maine and everything, right? And this is one of the, this is during like his comeback. So he lost everything for like 10, for like five, 10 years. He was a nobody. No one would listen to him. He lost his voice. He lost his wife. He lost uh, his contract. He lost everything. And then he like started five, 10 years. Yeah. For like a, there was a period of like at least five years where, it where he was, had gotten big and then he, he got huge. Be. He was huge and he <clears throat> lost it all. And he was an alcoholic and, and, and raging drunk and fighting photographers and like all this shit. So just PR posts, he, he just fucking lost it all. And then he made the greatest comeback probably in. In, in entertainment history songs are on there. So these songs are This is one of the beginning ones But this one's like I'll Never Smile Again Which is his retake Why Try to Change Me Now uh, Here's That Rainy Day Which is a really good one um, This is one of the ones that were called uh, His Suicide Albums On, uh, This one's No One Cares There are things like Only the Lonely Which have like uh, One for My Baby One for the Road My favorite Sinatra tune ever You should play a little bit in the background I can in time, but here's what they say. Here's what this guy says. He talks about Sinatra being in. Uh, he goes, all right, so on vinyls, just for anyone, because they can't see me actually reading from the back of this vinyl, they would write little blurbs. Either it would be like a, a journalist or someone would write about the, the record on the back, or then they tell a story like his uh, his vinyl, L.A. is my lady. It was one of the last vinyls that he did as a whole story, and this is like him in his later years. About the recording. Where is it? Eh, well, I'll find it in a second. Anyway, so it, it says right here, it's the... Uh, Alright. The great Spanish guitarist Carlos Montoya can walk out on a bare stage, sit down alone, and without speaking a word or striking a note, dominate the audience. David Ostrich can do this, so can John Gelud and Carl Sandberg. It is a mark of degree of personal magnetism discernible only in artists who have risen so far above the ordinary that they are able to do automatically what many good artists can only do occasionally. Frank Sinatra can do this. His very appearance on a stage, the sound of his voice on a record, has that electric quality that instantaneously establishes him as a great artist. And I think that's so fucking true. That literally there are some artists, there's some actors 
where all they have to do, if I watch Daniel Day-Lewis, I look at, like, There Will Be Blood, he doesn't have to say a word. It just has this fucking magnetism to it. And you're like, oh, oh my God. And whenever you find an artist who's in that zone, like I said, it's a fucking joy to watch, man. It's a fucking joy to watch. It really is. It'll, 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 it'll lend you something, you know? Uh, that's, yeah, man. It's, 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 it's magical. Those chills that you feel, mm. you know, the fact that you can get that and it's just, just pure emotion. And I mean, we just watched, we just watched, uh, Stronger last night, which was the Jake Gyllenhaal Boston Mar- He played the, um, the guy who was, who lost his legs in the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah. Um, and I've been saying this about Jake. Okay. J- 300 people did not lose their legs in Boston Marathon bombing. No, but, <laughs> but I said the guy or what have you. But anyway, cool. people tend to know. Anyway, uh, with 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 him, Jake Gyllenhaal is to me one of my most favorite actors, and he's super underrated right now. But everything that he does is is his characters are fucking straight on fire. I'm so excited for Spider Man: Far Away from Home because he's playing Mysterio. I'm so Wait, who, oh Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. I'm so excited to see his take on that. I'm so, and, and that's what he's on. He's on that level where I'm just like, there's another movie that came out, Wildlife, this year that Paul Dano directed that I cannot wait to try to watch. It's, um, he looks phenomenal in it. Nightcrawler, just, I love that shit. Have you seen Stronger? No. Yeah, it's a fucking good one. And it takes place in Boston, so I dig all the accents. There's like a moment, like there's a moment in, in, the, in, the, in the tavern it's at the very beginning of the film, right? He goes, he's like talking. He's like talking to his mom who's drunk at the bar. And he's like, watch out for that stool. He's like, they don't make them any shorter or something like that, right? And she's like, go fuck yourself, sweetheart. And Katie, and Katie was like, Katie was like, I miss the good old Boston banter. <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourself, sweetheart. <laughs> and like literally Katie was like getting teary eyed. Like, oh my God, I miss it. <laughs> I wish that I had an accent. I really uh, do. Right? Come on. That's why I need to go to the UK so that I can like they can no, tell me that I have No, no, don't an bring out your fucking Lipton London accent. No, no, that, no, no. <laughs> you should London. go you should go to the UK just to see if you can fool anybody. No, I would go there because they think we have accents. And so I get to be exotic. Oh, you get to be exotic, huh? I get to, I get to walk in there as a delicacy. Don't most Europeans hate Americans. No. They love us. They love you should play some vinyl in the background. Put on play some, some vinyl. Something. It's gonna yeah, like it's gonna like here in the background. I might mess it up. This is like a really cool thing. Not about. If you play it low, this is like a really like cool Mr. blurb. Of, this is like a really cool blurb about. This is Frank when he's like older, right? So this is like the last album. This is the second to last album he ever did, and it talks about the recording process, or um, which is really fun because he he was re- he was recording with Quincy Jones, who was an amazing um, composer at the time. I got a bunch of this. Let me play a little bit. I think you should play. Just play, play it low. Pl- just play, play a little low. Bit. All right, let me Have get this in the background. Up. I won't be louder than our voices. All Nothing right. sets the ambiance like a little uh, racist ass Frank Sinatra. You're back with Freddie Walton and Tyler Gaylord, <clears throat> where we're going to talk about the the nice love and pursuit of happiness. We're going to shoot the shit about random things and just talk about everything under the sky. So sit back and relax and just enjoy that thing called life. Oh, we gotta talk about love, life, good music, and who good are friends. we? Who will we be? Where will we go? Where does life take us after we're gone? Katie, we are fucking doing some shit, okay? <laughs> Sorry about that. 
Back to the smoothness. Sometimes people just don't like to talk about life and love. They like to talk about fucking bullshit. God damn it, Katie, you're pissing me off. Hey, hey. All right, all right. And we're, we're back. We're just talking about smooth times. Welcome back to Freddy the Walton smooth Walton and Tyler Gaylord. Freddie Walton. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do a skate where like some dude, some radio DJ back in like the 60s is just like secretly losing his shit, doing like cocaine and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. And he's like, motherfucker. All right, now we're back. <laughs> Sir, sir, be good. sir, we're on five, four. All right, all right, now we're back with Freddie and Tyler. <laughs> it's like Anchorman. Ah, oh, so classic. Have you, okay, have you seen Bird Box? No, everyone's talking about it. Man, I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> oh, my, someone just texted me saying I need to go see Vice, which I do need to see Vice. But talk to me about Bird Box, baby. Bird Box? Don't spoil anything. Okay. The... <laughs> A lot of people are trying to say that you can't compare Bird Box and Quiet Place, but n- knock that noise down. You, yes, you can. Okay. They are they are directly comparable. It's a it's a some sort of post apocalyptic thing. The time jump is even relative. One you can't um, one you can't see, and one you can't make noise in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and argue definitely arguably that uh, not being able to see is much ter- more more terrifying than needing to be quiet, um, because you still have all your senses. Um, yeah, but I will admit now that not being able to see is one thing, but like. One thing that like Quiet Place does really well is make you realize just how much fucking noise we make on the it, daily. It does, but and I'm just saying like if I had to be in in one of the situations, I would rather be able to see, hear, feel, touch, and just need to be quiet than to you can do everything you want, but you just can't see. Like it's really hard. Did you to see not like that meme that see. was like uh, the four people I want to have for like Bird Box? One was like a joke, and I can't remember what the joke one was, but they were like Toph from. Avatar and like you know Daredevil and everyone like people I want oh, yeah. with like the world of Bird oh, yeah. Box. <laughs> um, here's where it went wrong. So I don't think this is this isn't necess- it's kind of a spoiler. They they never show the thing. Okay. Um, and so I guess because you're not supposed to see it, you're not supposed to see it. But here's my thing. I think that you either have to choose one or two things. You have to explain why the thing is there and the intentions of the thing, or show us the thing. You have to give a one of th- give us one or the other. So on Quiet Place, you got to see the creatures. Okay. There mm-hmm. wasn't any worry about that. You got to see the creatures. By you way, want to explain by the way, why Kate, they were there. By the way, Katie and stuff has not seen Quiet Place or anything. So, okay, cool. Um, no spoilers on Quiet Place as well. But you see the creatures. You kind of know the parameters of the creatures, but you don't know why they're there. You don't know what right. happened, and they don't need to explain it because they show you the creatures. Then you can have situations where you never show the big threat, but you explain it. Yeah. Let us understand it. There's one guy who gives a theory, but that's the only thing you get. And they don't show it. And I get that, like, you know, people are saying, like, well, it's because you're supposed to see whatever. But that, to me, feels lazy. To me, it feels like there's, 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 it just feels lazy. I don't, I don't it's know. It's kind that of I'm, the, well, there, there's, I, uh, it's interesting because I'm of the mindset that sometimes it's best when you don't show the thing. Because. You explain it, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but, you know, our imaginations are always generally worse than what people can show in, in a film. And so having the viewer have to like imagine what it is usually makes them put whatever the worst emphasis is on things. So I don't mind it, but I don't mind like glimpses of it, like in Cloverfield, but where you know what I mean, where they show like used. where they show just like a, a a brief glimpse of it, but you still don't really know like what it's about. But even but Cloverfield, they enough. give you they give you a full shot eventually, right? And and I'm I'm totally okay. I get yeah, yeah, that yeah, you when you I mean? like if if like we don't know what everyone's seeing. Then give us the raw for just I don't know it just it didn't they, oh my overall critique of the movie is I had fun watching it 
Mm. don't regret I don't regret the time that I spent watching it. But I also don't leave. Well, I didn't go to the theater, but I don't. And I don't. I didn't end watching that movie saying I definitely need to tell people they need to see this. Yeah, because it blew. Whereas, it blew the fuck up. Yeah, everyone was talking Quiet about Place. It. I'm like, go. See I need. Quiet we, Place. we need to see Quiet go Place. See Quiet before Place before the Oscars happen. Um, and that's the thing about it is like. I would you say that it's just a normal horror movie? No, because it's not really a horror movie. It's really or hard thriller. to call it a horror movie. Horror it's, thriller. Yeah, it's definitely some sort of like thriller. Would you say like it does like it doesn't really add anything to this genre, or do you think that it it flips? It's like because I heard Quiet Place does it because it's a great metaphor for like parenting. It's a great metaphor for like the, all I think these the things, message behind you know? it is pretty great. I think and the the struggle of the main character is pretty great. A bird box. A bird box. Okay. Oh, oh, oh both. But right. I think uh, in Bird Box, uh, Sandra Bullock's character is kind of going through. She, 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 it's got John I, Malkovich I, in it. it I does. love John Malkovich. He's so great. One of the memes spoiled spoiled his what happens, and I was like, damn it, what, fucking what memes. They're like, this guy died because of everyone else's stupidity, and then they made like some like thing about about how. Uh, how it's like important for us to just do our own thing and stuff like that. And it was like, cause this guy died to everyone else's stupidity. And I was like, it's I haven't true. seen the movie and I don't know. Since they, since they said that, and I won't tell you obviously the situations, but he's an asshole. Yeah. He's one of those people that like, like they did, they did die cause they didn't listen to him. He was right almost every time, <laughs> but Always everything he was right language. about was a bad thing. Like, yeah, let's help this person. No, don't help them. They're not one of us. Fucking let them die. Like, and, like, and everyone else is like, morally, we gotta be good people. Like, it's like we morally you don't them. want to agree with, but like, it takes yeah. like an asshole sometimes in those situations yeah. to survive. The thing about assholes is they're cautious. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. yeah. So sometimes caution plays <laughs> Looking out. out for themselves. Yeah. So he's a total, total, total asshole. Totally a bad guy. But I have, I have thought about that in like good, like superhero movies or something where someone makes a choice to go back for someone. And I'm like, if this wasn't like a superhero film and they just died on this journey, they would have been like the dumbest people in the world. You know, I mean, I've I've thought about that. Whereas, like, someone's like, I don't leave anyone behind. They go back and go through like all these crazy obstacles and tear and like almost near death experiences. And like, if you legitimately died right there, it would have been the dumbest decision you ever made, because like then whatever consequences you were trying to fight no longer now apply. And so I was like, sometimes it's nice to see in a movie a refreshing take on like someone just being like, no, don't go back to that dude. Yeah, that's dumb. Don't we do will that. Die. And that's what people were talking about. Survive. I just saw a great breakdown on... Are you a fan of The Walking Dead? Oh, my God, yes. Okay. I stopped watching after the third season, and someone was saying that one of the reasons why they stopped necessarily being a fan so much of The Walking Dead, and it's also coincidentally lines up with when Frank Darabont left as a creative uh, person. Frank Darabont, amazing. You know, did Shaw, I believe did Shawshank Redemption and stuff. I want to say he did. A great, great director um, and producer. And he was involved in The Walking Dead up until the end of the second season uh, for creative differences. Second season was great. And one of the things that they said is, were some loopholes or... Um, I think it was like, what loophole do you not see? Like, what ended Walking Dead for you? Like, what loophole just seems crazy or something like that? And someone said, going back to the second season, I love the first season and parts of the second season. But um, I'm, I'm mind-blanking his name right now, but the very old guy. Do you remember the Herschel? old... Yeah, Herschel. They're like his death because it makes no sense, they were saying. They're talking about how Herschel the reason why they love The Walking Dead was because of the fact that No, it, you're talking about uh you're talking about someone else, not Herschel. It was the old the, guy. The guy who dies in season two. He dies in the field. Yeah, he gets killed in the field. Um shoot, it starts with a D, I'm pretty sure. 
but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah right? I know exactly okay. what you're talking about. And they were saying that one of the things they loved about The Walking Dead was that characters got to grow and they would learn from their mistakes. And then, like, if something bad happened, it was because of of something that they didn't foresee, such as like uh, a hole in their defenses or something, something they could learn from and 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 build on. And nothing was necessarily just like uh, done just for story purposes, but everything was, was built on and, and meticulously made and characters grew. And that's what they yeah, really loved about it. And his death was like, he did the whole first season and most of the second season being the voice of reason. He was the guy who would say, we can't do this because of this. You know, we have to set up this because of that. He, was he wasn't guy, voice of reason. He was the voice of morality, morality and everything. And then when they, um, and then when they decided they, they take on those, those, um, basically we'll call them prisoners, captives, what have you. And then they say, we have to kill them or what have you. And he says, no, I'm not. And he walks, He's like, this is crazy, and he walks out into the field. It de- kind of defies everything they set up that character to do because he was so smart in his other stuff. Like, he would never just, instead of going to shelter, he chooses to walk into an open field, and instead of, like, actually surveying, it was just all these things where it just didn't make sense. It was made purely just for story point of the audience being like, oh, shit, we lost this guy. I actually hated his character by the time he died. Did you? He yeah. died stupid because it was just one of those classic things where they had him in a field and a walker snuck pops, up on him. It pops out of the And nowhere. it's just like, dude, walkers don't sneak. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're on watch right now. You're walking around with a gun in a world where there are zombies. And you're telling me there's too many scenes that have happened like that where the zombies just, like, pop out of nowhere. Didn't see you coming, even yeah. though there's no concealment around me. And they're pretty loud for the most part. Yeah. So you're telling me from 10 feet away you didn't hear. And that's like, the thing. It's like, that's why that guy said I fell out after that part, because it seemed like The Walking Dead started utilizing that more often than not. It started utilizing, like, these these moments just to manipulate the audience, but it doesn't necessarily coincide with the character's growth or lessons they've learned from the past or anything. And so I think that's kind of ultimately why I fell out of it, too, because I think subconsciously I kind of felt that. I kind of felt like um, it just never felt as tight as those first two seasons. Did. I'll tell you this. Walking Dead has some of the best character development over the last nine years that I've ever seen anything do. Yeah. It's interesting. It, there's some rough spots then to make you it You haven't through. seen Friends, sir. Oh, God. <laughs> um, uh, Joey the, Triviati. The amount of plastic surgery she had by the end, <laughs> she was a different person entirely. So much change. <laughs> um, no, but so like there were definitely some rough spots. Uh, there was a point in the season, I, I want to say it was around season six or seven. So it was right after Negan showed up. That was really, really good. But then the season after Negan was just there got a little bad. Yeah. And I think we're in season nine right now. And I think it was season maybe seven or eight that I was just like, Oh shit, this show needs to stop. Um, <laughs> That's the thing. And, all shows eventually need to stop. Yeah. But they made, t- in my opinion, they made a full comeback and I yeah, still, they- regardless of what happened, there were some rough spots in between the, you look at the first season and then go all the way to the ninth season and you look at the characters, and holy shit. Only a couple that are left. The amount. Well, there's Daryl. There's Carol. <laughs> didn't mean to rhyme that. <laughs> there's Daryl. There's Carol. Uh, there's Rick. There's Michonne. There's uh, Lauren. There's... Michonne wasn't, like, in the first cast. She think. was in the third Yeah, she was, season. like, she came in later. I'm saying, like, um, from the first season. There's, like, Rick and Daryl. But she, uh, uh, there's Rick, Daryl, and Carol. Carol, was okay. I believe those are the three that are that are OGs. But even Michonne, I mean, she came in in the third season, but she's like just you look at all of the relationships and how much they've changed. Yeah. Even Eugene and like and it's 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 incredible the character development. Like I I think Walking Dead hands down has some of the best 
character arcs that I've ever seen. Interesting. Um, definitely some annoying parts. Well, it's, definitely it's some nine. It's nine years. You said it's on the yeah. ninth season. That's crazy. Like and I, said, I think I that they're pulling it back. Anything. I thought that they, when they got rid of Rick, that they should have ended the show. I disagree now. Like mm. I, I've, I've still, wa- I've watched like the three or four seasons up to the mid season finale after, uh, after they got rid of Rick and I'm still a fan. Like it's I going just, good. I just don't know if like anything, anything in TV should last that long. I don't know. I mean, obviously you're still enjoying it. So there's obviously reason for there still to be, but like big bang theory, I've never really enjoyed the big bang theory. And now, now it's on like it's 12th season. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know. I guess if you get enjoyment out of a show, it's always worth still being on TV for. No, because unless unless Dan Harm, I I would like Community for twelve seasons if Dan Harmon was still enjoying it. If we had Donald Glover back in it, if we had the original cast, because they after, still doing Community. No, nah, they ended that a long time ago. But like the last season and a half, you could definitely feel the strain of losing Chevy Chase and Donald Glover, and it's like okay, and they kept trying to make storylines work, and it was just. But also, they never had constant they never had consistent funding every season they were told it was going to be their last season so they had no idea if they were going to actually be around for the next season um people were dropping in and out of projects and it was just a nightmare behind the scenes of it and i love community but again like they said six seasons in a movie that's all you really that's all you want and and i'm kind of convinced of that while i enjoy things like friends and stuff um I enjoy sitcoms for the most part. Like I enjoy like How I Met Your Mother and everything. I just feel like after six, like I'm a huge fan of Entourage, but the sixth season for me of Entourage was the last really good season that they had. So I've always just, I've always been weary of if a show goes on too long. Cause I'm like, how many stories can you tell without really repeating yourself or repeating the same like lessons that they might've learned earlier. They have to now go back to, cause there's only so much you can learn. I, I do think I'm a fan of people ending it when they should. You know what I mean? Like and that's so, the thing. That, that people are pretty scared about... Uh, like, Game of Thrones is, is they're ending. They're about to end it, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, cool. Don't drag it on too long. People are... Huh? Dragon. Dragon. Um, people are really scared about Toy Story 4. And for because... Uh, I so, loved how the so, third ended. So, the, yeah. So, the, the so my thing is, I've got two sides of it. One, Toy Story 3 was the perfect ending. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been the perfect chapter close end scene. Like yeah. the, the, the story's over. It's like, where we do you got go? To, we had a perfect trilogy and watch Mojo actually counted it as like one of the best trilogies of all time. Yeah. I mean, and every it really solid. just, it did a good job and it could have ended there. Mm-hmm. Now they're making a fourth one. I don't think they needed to make a fourth one, but my, my argument is when did they let us down? No, that's the, that's the only reason and why, so, like, that's the only reason like, why I'm have faith. You know, that's the only reason why I'll go see it. I don't story wise. I think they should have ended it, but so far, because nobody funny. nobody was pumped about Toy Story three. Yeah, people were worried. Yeah, people, people were worried. really like Toy Story three. I don't know how I feel about that. So like, my only thing is, I'm gonna have some trust in Pixar. No, that's because that's, they that's haven't let us legitimately down. Legitimately, the only reason why I have any faith in it, but I am like we're talking about worried. Where do you go story wise? Because I feel like anything that would have to be a new story can't necessarily be wrapped up in one film, and they're adamant that this is the last film they're adamant that this is the last toy story that's gonna be made and so i'm like okay so if you're not if you're not gonna do another trilogy or even a sequel after this one right if there's not gonna be a toy story 5 what story can you tell that we haven't already seen that's going to wrap up in one movie like where can these characters grow anymore that's gonna wrap up in one film what i i'm insanely curious as to what they do but i am nervous uh, 
because I just, I just don't feel like it is necessary. Like, Toy Story, I literally grew up with, along with Toy Story. Toy Story 3 came out the year I graduated from high school. Right. And like super weepy because he's going to college. I was going to right. college. I'm wondering if Ford's going to be like Andy as a dad because now we're getting... Oh, he's not with Andy anymore. I know, but maybe it is Andy or these kids you grown know. up or, you know, somehow they go back, but like... I mean, the only thing the only thing you can talk about is is the new kid well, yeah, that like, he gave him to, because him living the adventures with his kid, because like I don't know. Now you're my all my friends are having kids. I mean, the only yeah the only the only story sense that it makes would be if Andy was like a father, but then it kind of negates because we need to have the toys back there. So as you go back, he literally the beginning of the film is him actually pulling the car in reverse and be like, actually no, I regret this, and puts all the toys back in his car. He's like, nope, nope, actually I regret this. <laughs> But they were happy. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do with it. But it, I have it faith is... only because they haven't let me down. But I also have no idea what they're gonna do. Yeah, I'm a big fan of things ending when when they should end, and and knowing when that should happen. And um, me and Katie are a huge fan of Big Little Lies, which was an eight episode miniseries from HBO. Had Reese Witherspoon, Shailene Woodley, all these great actresses in it. Great series. And you could tell they really only planned it for being the eight episode miniseries but when it took off now they're planning season two and i'm like where where are you gonna go like the story wrapped up so nicely and i'm like what are you gonna tell and like they're adding meryl streep and i'm like okay that's a good start like that's a good start but i'm like where are you gonna go? like because now it's the same thing that happened with true detective and now they have season three of true detective did you see any of the episode no i didn't you haven't seen any of them nope not season one nope we're totally gonna watch season one together season one is matthew mcconaughey Amazing. I've heard good things about it. Oh, no, we'll watch season one together for sure. No. No, you haven't seen Hammer's Tale? No. Oh, um, so it's Woody Harrelson. Rosario Didardo. She's in it. It's uh, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. Amazing. But season two, major letdown because they rushed it because the creator of it only has been planning season one for X amount of years. And then it blows up and they go, HBO goes, all right, get a season two. And he's like, well, fuck. Like, I did not have any plans for this. And so he had like eight months to like craft the script, get everything going for pre-production and, and shoot the thing, right? And it was like, you could tell it was rushed. It was jumbled. And it was, it kind of like, if if he just ended with season one, it would have just been this this amazing moment in time. And people could look back and say, that was, um, that was brilliant, right? And, just, and now they're doing season three. He's had a few years to, to to prep this story, so I think I have more faith in season three. The big problem with the second one was it had like four major storylines between Vince Vaughn's character, Colin Farrell's character, uh, Rachel McAdams' character, and uh, Taylor Kirsch's character, right? And so now he's like, okay, season three is just going to be about Mershahala Ali's mm. character arc. So I'm like, okay, so he's, he's much more focused. He's had more years to craft it, so I am, and I fucking love Ali, so... Uh, uh, we'll see, but it is a thing where you're like, maybe you should just cancel while you're ahead. I'm always worried about. So like, my favorite artist of of all time is Dave Matthews, yeah. and I'm like always worried about like, am I gonna live to see the day that he just like should have stopped? Yeah, you right. know, like because right. Dave Matthews has come out with uh, three. So the when I first started becoming a fan of him is when he came out with uh, uh, Big Whiskey and the Gruyere King. Um, that was 2010, I think. And then since then he came out with come away with some 
far away the, the two albums um since then and both There's a lot of dave matthews fans listening to this right now being pissed the fuck off like shouting at their cars like being like it was this album you idiot nah they can't be mad at me i can <laughs> quote so many lyrics from that dude they can fuck <laughs> off um but uh i'm pretty sure one was come away with me or come away or something yeah, like that come sail mm-hmm. away come N- sail. Shut, you shut your you shut your <laughs> whore mouth but uh but both albums honestly were like not that great there were a few songs that I liked from each one, right. but neither one of them were, you know, what it what it used to be. And so, like, I had this like fear, like Dave Matthews, his library of things now is fantastic. I can live on that for the rest of my life, right? Um, but like, I'm like, where is like he gonna randomly come out with another big whiskey? Like, is it gonna like? Is he gonna like change it up, or is he is he declining? Like, what what is what is gonna happen? What's the next step? And it's kind of weird when you watch your your idols do their thing, and then you realize that no matter how good you are, at some point you can become human again. It's interesting. <laughs> you know? There's there's two schools of thought to that. You know, it's the Kanye West like we were just talking about him. Maybe he should just kind of quit while he was ahead. He had these amazing albums, and uh, so there's a school of thought of like quitting while you're ahead. There's also the school of thought of, um, yeah, sure. Oh shit! Hold on, everybody, hold up, hold up. We got I, one more for the roads coming on, and we're back. Welcome back to to Freddie Tyler and Sinatra. Just enjoying life, love, and laughter, <laughs> and Sinatra. <laughs> uh, so it says right here that, and this is what I basically talk about when I've heard people try to cover this song and nothing matches it. Is uh. There it is. The Sinatra style is a natural one. You cannot contrive something as real as that. He sings his songs as if he were telling you a story and not as though the words were merely pegs on which to hang notes. When he sings a lyric, it sounds just as you would like to sound if you could sing it yourself. It sounds natural and it sounds logical. So logical and inevitable that you wonder if there is any other way to sing it. This is so strong that when young singers deliberately try not to sound like Sinatra on songs he has sung, they frequently end up sounding merely grotesque, haunted by the sound of his voice in their own performance. I have never heard someone cover one for my baby and one for the road and either be better than Sinatra because there's no one that's going to sound like the solemn man at the end of the bar just lost everything. Better than Sinatra's going to do. So then everyone tries to do their own take on it. But then you realize this is the only way that that song has to be sung. So he's trapped everyone in a corner for that one. Well, so I actually talk about this a lot. So uh, Taylor Swift, who is, you know. The greatest artist of the 21st century. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Um, Taylor Swift. She's Sinatra. She's female Sinatra. She's got her shit. She's got her good stuff. (laughs) Um, I'm not knocking her as an artist. I will say that in her earlier days, I couldn't stand her. Um, I actually dug her earlier days better. When she was a young country star. I don't like country, which is probably what it was. But when she was a young country star. On the pontoon. On the But I was talking about Dave Matthews' uh, covers. And I was like, the thing is, there's no one. like You can't out-sing Dave Matthews because he sings it in a way that is a Dave Matthews way to sing it. And it's his own songs, right? He's writing his own yeah. songs? So, and yeah. so I was like, Beyonce is a way better singer than Dave Matthews will ever dream of being. Beyonce couldn't sing a Dave Matthews song better than Dave oh, Matthews. Oh, totally. 
you know? And totally. I, think, I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Frankie's got that voice where yeah. it's like, and what's, you know, it's funny. What's, it's interesting, I, what, what's interesting about that, and I'll let you finish your thing real quick, is this was a time when they didn't write their own stuff. So you're singing stuff that other people have written, and you have to make it your own to the point that he knocked that song so much out of the park that no one else can touch it. And it's not even one he wrote for himself, you know? Whereas like Dave Matthews can go, this is where I'm going to sound a Dave Matthews song. Yeah, you know, and it's like well, crazy. it's 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 interesting because so every almost almost if not all of Frank Sinatra's songs are right in my key. Oh, okay. I've covered a few of them That's at cool. karaoke, yeah. and I've played a couple of them on like guitar acoustically. Um, and it's actually difficult sometimes with both Dave Matthews and Frank Sinatra. There's a few songs where they just do it in such a way that seems like they're just they're just talking to you, yeah. and I can't seem to match that right. same thing. I right. can't so natural. I can't mm. like I'm too tempted to sing it and it seems like that like I, I'm whereas I'm trying to make it sound like I'm singing they are singing so so flawlessly that yeah. it, it it seems like they're just talking yeah right and, and if, then if you try to just talk on it it's gonna fall singing. flat it's gonna fall yeah. flat you know it's like this perfect balance of, of and that's where the genuine that's where you know because I know a lot of people who are huge fans of of Dave Matthews. And that's one of the things I talk about is just how, how connected you feel when he's singing, how it seems like, and that's what they say about Sinatra. It seems like every time that you saw him live, it seemed like he was singing just to you, you know? And I think that's the same thing like Dave Matthews or something where it's just like you genuinely feel in the moment when you're listening oh, yeah. to these people. Cause they know how to, and, and Sinatra's um, breath control, his phrasing, how he would, he never mispronounces a word. They always said they used to cross. He used to cross his T's and dot his eyes with everything. He always hated when people would say like uh, "imagination." They would sing it "imagination" just to help it like rhythm. For him, it was always "imagination," and so it's like little things he was just so meticulous about. And I'm reading his biography right now, and you realize how much of a fucking perfectionist he was. He was, it, it was insane. He had all this other turmoil in his life, the mob. He was deep in the mob connections, um, constant like having to to house gangsters and do all of these things. Um, failed marriages, divorces, fights with photographers, uh, alcoholism, and then when he would be in the studio, it was nothing but perfection for him. It was just like this is where he could work, and so it was very like he's such a just like Dave Matthews or anyone you know such. Um, people of their craft and they just know themselves so well they know what to fucking do and what to hit you just can't take it away from them you, you know just can't. beyonce can't hop on a tune and sing it better than uh frank sinatra can right like, right right, right. For, like there's no version of my way that she'll ever do that'll be better than you know frank sinatra right um, and, and a lot of things like that frank did like uh who is barbara streisand is it barbara streisand's mom no liza minnelli's mom Judy Garland. Okay, so then it was Liza Minnelli did New York, New York on the on the because uh, it wasn't Julie Garland, but it was Liza Minnelli. So the song Liza Minnelli, the comedian. Yeah, she's a singer, right? No, Lisa Lampanelli's the comedian. Oh, uh, Liza you're Minnelli. saying Liza Minnelli. Okay, I don't know Lisa. <laughs> okay, so, okay. So in, I was singing, yeah, so you know you know the song Frank's New York, New York. Yeah. Uh, the New York theme. New York. Yeah, that's oh, from that's from a a movie, a movie that Liza Minnelli, I believe. Sang theme from New York is the original. Yeah, theme from New York, New York. 
Nobody knows Liza Minnelli's version. Everybody knows Frank's version. And that was just a cover, technically speaking, of that version. So, fun fun little quick story. I went to, uh, I was going to a wedding in New Jersey. In New Jersey, we were staying in a hotel right across the river from New York. Mm-hmm. And we went into New York um, for one of the, the days. And we went to a, 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 uh, a Yankees game. I don't know who they were watching. Fuck the Yankees. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, fuck baseball. Fuck uh, the period. Yankees. Yeah, well, if you're gonna <laughs> fuck baseball, you better double fuck the Yankees. No, yeah, I don't care about baseball whatsoever. And and honestly, I we was, just lost all I of was, New York on our podcast. I was bored, <laughs> but we gained I, all of New England. So it balances out. I was bored the whole way through. Okay, but so what happened was the other team, <laughs> the other team, whoever. Now, granted, I was told I wasn't doing it wrong because I wasn't eating hot dogs, I wasn't drinking beer. I was told that that's what you're supposed to do. I, I I've gone and to Red Sox games, and that's not what you're supposed. to I do. was told that if you go to, a, I hold, I, I was told if you go to a baseball game, you're supposed to be drinking with your friends, have yourself yeah, a hot dog. I believe drinking with your friends, but there's ten bucks for a Bud Light at most fucking stadiums. Who the yeah, fuck's gonna justify going there that? Going there sober and hungry is not the way to go. <laughs> I promise you. Gamed. I promise you. Quick, quick side note. One of the reasons why I actually I went to one NASCAR event in my life, right? And this was back in in North Carolina. We went to the the 500, and the one of my favorite things that I wish everybody did is it's you can bring your own alcohol. You, so everyone's bringing their own fucking coolers. And I was like, why don't they do that at baseball games? Why don't they do like where you can just fucking bring your own shit? Because you know how many more people would fucking turn that'd out be, for that? That'd be fantastic. Anyway, but continue I, your story. So you were doing it wrong. So I was doing it wrong, and I'm sitting there sober. Hot sun, uh, with good company, mm-hmm. great people, um, but the whoever the Yankees were playing, who I have no idea who they were playing, but they they scored on them in the first inning, okay, and then, <laughs> uh, and then nothing happens, no score changes until the, the bottom game. of the ninth. Oh, okay. And on the bottom of the ninth, the Yankees. Get bases fully loaded. Look at me sounding like I know what I'm talking about. Mm, but bases fully loaded. Terminology. Bases fully loaded. And I think it was a home run or something. Like they they score. They don't they score, don't think. Just say it. They was. score big, and they win. <laughs> like there was no movement the whole what game. What was the final score? And t- I don't fucking know. I Damn it! I, I was going to fix it for you. Uh, but it 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 got to like the whoever the score changed in the first inning. And they were losing, and nothing happened. In the bottom of the ninth, the Yankees came back and they won with a great play. And the bottom of the ninth was so great because they won, and then at the end of it, in in the stadium, the Yankee Stadium, they start they start playing theme from New York. Yeah, they do. And that. I I gotta say, as a person who doesn't care for about baseball at all, <coughs> that was a pretty great experience. See, they, being in New York, being at the Yankee Stadium, bottom of the ninth, shit happens, and then they start playing. Yeah, they theme do that from New York. And in this in this in this year's in this year's uh, playoffs, they were playing the Red Sox. And if you don't know anything about baseball, you might know that the Yankees and Boston the Red Sox, Red Sox have the biggest rivalry in possibly all of sports. Um, all of sports. Fuck the Yankees. Um, and they won Game One of the playoffs at Boston. And so Aaron Judge was playing New York, New York, on his fucking phone. The next week or at least until the next game, everybody was talking about, like, is did he just doom the Yankees? Like, you're not supposed to do New York, New York, unless you're at home at Yankees Stadium. 
And then the Red Sox went on to win four straight and knock him out of the playoffs. And so everyone's like, fuck you, Aaron Judge, for doing that. And I was like, yeah. Because that's the thing. Every, every baseball, I don't know if every baseball stadium has their own stuff, but like Red Sox is Sweet Caroline. No, it's Dirty Water. Sweet Caroline's the eighth inning thing. Yeah. Yeah, when they win, they play Dirty Water. But, like, what we know is... What is you... Dirty Water? Yeah, it's basically just talking about drinking. Nope, I'm talking about drinking. Uh, anyway, so what ends up happening I, uh, is, is is in Sweet Caroline, in the seventh inning, what happens is they all go... Uh, they'll all start playing Sweet Caroline, and then the whole fucking stadium will be like, Sweet Caroline! And then, bah, 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 and then you know, everyone gets so fucking into it. And it's it's honestly like one of the most uh, greatest feelings in the world when you're at a sporting event. and Because you just feel like, because baseball stadiums are fucking huge, dude. They house a lot of people. And if you get a full one doing that, and every single person on there is connected in that way, it's a special fucking moment. Boston Strong. Boston Strong. They won the World Series the year the Boston bombing happened on, based on that thing. I was like, that's a storybook fucking ending right there. Right? That's the way to they, do it. Uh, I was listening to a, bl- a blues radio on Spotify, mm. and uh, and there's a song that called I Ain't Drunk. And I don't know why, but I love the line because it just says, I ain't drunk, I'm just drinking. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I love I love, that I love line. fucking blues. Tunes, I ain't man. drunk, I'm just drinking. Do you know Hugh Laurie? Has like two blue, blues yeah, albums. Yeah, he's good. Out. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. They're good. Yeah, they're good. Do you know? They're good. He has a song called "Wild Honey," and he says, uh, "He says it don't take but a crack to make uh, to ki- a kingdom crumble, but don't take but a queen to make a kingdom come." Ah. And I was like, "Ooh, stop it, Hugh! Stop you it, House! You better stop it, House!" Stop it. Mm. <laughs> he stopped. Uh, he you stopped hit giving me with that shit. He stopped giving uh, prescriptions for pills and gave prescription for blues. Ooh. <laughs> I was no but, uh, wild, honey. I, I wish we That's could. Funny. I wish we could play music in the background. That's good. I can. Wild, honey. I could. Mm, it's fucking good. Can you can you connect something? Yeah, can you? Can you play it on your yeah, we, they, they, we, we need to make money. We need to monetize we're not, before we we're can not, Yeah, we're not monetizing Until we anything. monetize, we can play anything we want. Yep. The way it works. I'm monetizing. And that thing is like, um, I don't know. I just, Are you just going to use yours? That works. Oh, shit. No, yeah, we can use yours if you want. That way I can keep the laptop close by here. Is it a newer one or does it have a headphone jack? It's a headphone jack. It has a headphone jack? Yeah. You're an old fucking bastard. Yeah, I am. Fuck off. Yeah. We're on a podcast, and you're talking about sandwiches? You have the right fucking idea, let me tell you. We definitely need some fucking sandwiches okay, up in here. you can here. start with that, because that, that first song is fucking great. And it just adds some ambiance. You know, uh, you know Christopher Lee? Count Dooku from... Yeah. You know. He has, he's a metal... He Before he died, he was he had metal albums. And he was in no, the 90s. Didn't. Yeah, he's a metal. Count Dooku was doing metal? He's doing metal. Badass, right? Attaboy. Making sure your volume is up. What's he play on it? Does he play guitar? He no. Uh, so he I'm do? sure he plays the guitar on a little bit, but he uh, he plays piano. That's his main piano. thing. Oh, yeah. And then on a few of these, he does sing. But oh, you know what we should do? If this ever gets going, we should have listening parties. Someone should suggest an album, 
We sit down, we have some drinks, and we just listen to the album. I'm always down for that. I'm always down for that. That's why, like, so uh, with Chloe's, with like Chloe's, like dad and her friends, they all like I love what they do. They all so we'll have scotch, and then they all like if there was four of us in a group, you would cue one song, I'd cue the next song, he'd cue a song, he'd cue a song, and it just goes around. You get like eight to twelve songs. Oh, I love it. And everyone's taste, and so you're just like, okay, what, where's the vibe gonna be? What's gonna happen? It's awesome. And so I was like, that that was fun. That was Dude. a fun night. I wish she stayed a little bit longer. It was fun. We were getting really into it. Her dad grilled me with some psychology shit. I heard. He, like, grilled me. And I was, like, staring at him. It felt like a fucking movie moment. Me and him were just, like, making eye contact the whole time, like, doing wordplay to try to, like, one-up each other. And at the end, he goes, he, like, lights his little pipe, and he goes, you're a formidable foe. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. This is super fucking intense. <laughs> I love it. This is so intense. Because it was like no one else. No one else was like talking. So like all of his friends were like, they would be like, they'd be like, like just they say his name and they'd be like, stop. You know, like and he'd be like, no, no, no. He was like, I'm just talking to him. And he'd be like, and, <laughs> and everyone was like, some people were like looking down at their drinks and like it was just like dead quiet. I love those moments. Me and him were just like, those are the moments where when they say, hey, stop, and he goes, no, 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 I'm just talking to him. Just talking you to look him. at them and say, it's okay, guys. He's just talking. I got this. <laughs> And literally, like, they go, so he goes to take a piss, and they're like, you handled that amazing. They're like, that was awesome. And, like, you're totally it. <laughs> Long story short, I'm invited to their scotch nights. I'm going to get myself an invitation. Come on over. Come I would have gotten an invitation if I stayed. He loved you. He loved you. I just you. didn't stay. I don't know if he just has a lack of. i turn that down a little bit. You let mm. me know when them scotch nights are happening. I'll, I'll show my ch- ass I'll, up. I'll have to check with my friends first. <laughs> oh, that's how it is now? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I'll have to see if you're accepted. Well, I'll 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 bring you up and I'll put in a good word. Affirmative for you. action says that they need one of me, <laughs> oh. so so they can fuck off. I was like, they need he a, loved maybe you. they have a quota to meet. He loved you. <laughs> he was all over you. I was like, he was like, you said something, and he was like, Freddie, you're so witty or something like that. And I was like sitting here like, motherfucker, I'm right here. <laughs> well, I got no wit. Well, what's funny is that there's no one else that I would. Well, actually, my my buddy Nashon used to be my right hand man in those situations. But I I, I gotta say, because that was the first time you and I've been in that situation, where there is nobody else other than Nashon that I would be like, because oh, you know uh, Chloe's sister comes up and she goes, my father's outside. He would like to meet you both. And there's Did no she say one, that to you. She said that to me. She literally walked up she to, me. It to me. So we walked in, and I, this, this is probably because I hunted them down. This is probably weird saying this because. I doubt they'll listen, but if they do, if they make it to this point. But you're talking about when you first opened the door. We first opened the door. We joked about that too. We joked about that too about them like saying something completely inappropriate. What they say? No, remember when? Okay, you say your story, and I'll say mine. So they when I when I walked in, and I don't know because I had never been there, so I don't know if it was a response to me or a response to you. Ooh. But as soon as we walked in. Uh, Chloe's sister would like looked at her friend and like made a little like and then like ran off to the patio and then came back and then when Did we were really? there she comes up to me and she goes my father's outside you guys should probably meet him and I was like alright cool but then we went outside and I was like there's nobody else I would rather have by my side getting ready to do this whatever this is yeah, about right, to be right. there's no one I would rather than Tyler because Cheers. neither one, I don't have a drink, it's, but I was like, neither one of us have a fear of that. 
Mm-mm. Neither one. If you tell me your dad and all his army veteran friends and all his mercenary friends and all his assassins want to meet up and size me up, I'm fucking We're here. ready. We're here. And here's like, what's, <laughs> here, didn't you didn't you remember? I think you remember them being like, I guess like her sister like yelled like, "There's Chloe. There's a big black guy at the door." Do you remember, like, no, I didn't. You didn't hear that? I think Chloe like said it to me or something. Sorry if like I'm totally misrepresenting your sister, Chloe, if you're listening. But I was like, and I was like, this is what we joked about. Like because we, we were walking up talking about like get out moments. And, like, yeah, all this shit. I was literally talking. We so and like, okay. And, and you go to me. You're like, as we're about to approach the front door, you go, I'm literally gonna be the only black guy. Here. Yeah, this guys, uh, this happens to me everywhere. I gotta start hanging around more <laughs> black folk. This like so we're about to go to this party and it's it's. Uh, it's it's a it's a wealthy family. It's a a family. Chloe, if you are listening, we're not judging. But no other party I know has two prize money games in their party. Yeah, it's it's a it's a well yeah, <laughs> it's a well it's a wealthy it's a wealthy family. And me and Taylor show up, and Tyler's on the way. And instead of just going in, I call Tyler and say, "Where are you at?" <laughs> I, was like, I'm two minutes I need away. I need I need some backup. <laughs> If we're about to go into this establishment, because I know I'm gonna walk in and be the only brown skinned man, and of course I walked in and was the only brown skinned. And man. I like how you're like, I need Tyler here to still be the only brown skinned person. Well, yeah, but at least I have a right hand man at that point, you know. Like, the, like if Nation was with me, I would have him. There you go. But I at least need somebody to keep me. Like, I need some backup. And we walk in, and of course, you know, you're saying that that shit was happening. And she says, "You got to meet my father." Here's what's funny though. I saw them. So here's my take on it, because she didn't say that. Her sister didn't talk to me. I think she, her sister liked you. She did not like me. She got to give me some nasty ass fucking looks. I was like, "Fuck this, dude." Um, makes I had to like look up at her because she had some high ass heels on, and I was like, "Shit." Anyway, um, I come in the door, and I see a bunch of people, and I saw. Okay, so we know Chloe's a little bit younger than us, and I saw all of her friends, and I was like, they seem younger than Chloe. So I was like, I have no interest in talking to. Any of these people, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to talk about with these people, these people. And so I'm like walking through what have you and me are joking around. And I see a group of 40 plus year old dudes smoking cigars and drinking scotch, whiskey, all that shit. And I go, that's where I need to be. So that's I hunted it right out. I was like, this is this is where instantly I'm going to feel way more comfortable. So I, I started walking and then you joined us. So she must have been like. That's really weird how like timed out because I hunted them out, but then her sister comes over, and then we just spent the whole night there. We spent the whole night talking to them. I wish you were there for longer, but I think I was there until like one one thirty. You say they're a good hour, hour and a half after I, I left. I was there till one. I had to meet some people after that. Yeah, otherwise you're too I would have stayed. You're too popular. I I was there till one one thirty, and Clo- like everyone else had left, and Chloe was like, "Did did Tyler leave?" And then I guess Elodie, her friend, was like, "Um." No, he's out there still, like, with your dad. I just see Chloe, like, look out the window and see me. And then, so she comes out and joins us. like, what the fuck? I thought you left. And I was like, nah, I'm just talking Showing with your pops. Having some whiskey. Having some whiskey. They were showing me some good scotch. They were, you know, we were just sharing tunes. They were digging. Because I was playing shit, like, because um, we were talking about certain music stuff. So I played, like, Ozzy Osbourne, like, Mama, I'm Coming Home type shit. And then I played some Stevie Ray Vaughan for some blues shit. I was just like feeling the vibes of like what the playlists were happening, and they're like, oh. they're like, who the fuck is this kid? <laughs> just like digging it, dog. So you totally should have been there. We had a good old fucking time. I'll I'll, I'll talk to the boys, see if we can get you out there talk, for a scotch. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. 
<laughs> tell the boys I'm showing up, by the way. I'm showing up. I'm, I'm well respected in my family. I'm well respected in my family. <laughs> Nobody says no to me. Not my son. Nobody. Not my wife. Nobody. I do my own guys. thing. They call me Lone Wolf Tony. <laughs> Lone Wolf Tony. He's about to fucking show up tonight. Oh, God they damn, call brother. Me Free Man Freddy. <laughs> free Man Freddy. Don't, Ain't no chains on these wrists. Ain't no chains on these wrists. I'm say, Free Man Freddy. Say, is this about going back to that girl's <laughs> fantasy? Uh-oh. <laughs> she's like, you're my slave. Like, no, I'm now Free Man I'm Freddy. I'm Free Man Freddy. Fuck off. You tie nothing her Nothing on my ankles, nothing you, on my wrists. You tie wrist. her up to the bed, and you go, I'm Free Man Freddy, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no chains on me. Ain't no chains you on me. You just walk out bare-ass naked into the hall. <laughs> Ain't no chains on me. <laughs> <laughs> Just this chain between the legs. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Indianapolis is killing Houston right now. We're watching some wild card playoffs in the background. Oh shit, brother. Well, we've been doing this for about mm, close to two and a half hours. We should probably stop it. We got more to talk about. So, just for anyone listening, anyone who's like, I kind of like these fuckers. They're degenerate bastards, but I kind of like listening to them. We still have um, ha- we still have half bottle of champagne. We can go to that bottle and finishes, and then just chop it up. What do you think? Or we can just end it. I think we'll just end it. I think maybe we'll have that champagne after this talk. But here's for the listeners: we're looking to try to bump this up to. Uh, we're gonna keep doing. We're gonna do two, two nights a week. Um, but we're gonna try to get this thing up to about three nights a week. So we got plenty more topics to talk about. Plenty more shit to debate about so keep looking forward 2019 is going to be a big one anything you want to say about this year coming up i'm excited dude that's all that's i mean I'm, I'm excited to see what happens uh it's real easy to get in your head about being in la and if you're not doing something you know like and if you're gonna if you're gonna move to la you got to be doing something and this is this is something this yeah, is that's, that's this cool. is not the only thing that we're doing but this is this is one of those things i'm proud of and i'm happy for and 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 it's the real you and me you know yeah. so it's just conversations and it's just thoughts. That's all it is. It's and, I, and I'm really digging it. You know, modernized really stupid philosophy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just, it's definitely not smart philosophy. Yeah, That's no, damn yeah. sure. We're not we're not the intellects, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but it's fun and it's yeah. fun. And if and if you happen to be someone who wants to be a, a, along for the ride, welcome. Yeah, welcome. You know, it'll welcome. be a fun. Th- it'll be a fun time. We're we're really looking forward to building this thing up this year. Um. And and you're right about the Los Angeles thing. I was gone for two and a half weeks in Maine, right? And I just saw a bunch of like Instagram posts from like other people. Some of them doing shit, some of them not doing shit. All of it was motivating to me. All of it was like either oh, yeah. they either they were doing something, and I was like, I need to be doing something, or I was just watching them get all fucking partied up and wasted and shit. And I was like, fuck those guys. I'm about to be something because I'm gonna do something. So it was like no matter what I saw, it was motivating because I think we both got some big plans for 2019. This podcast being one of them. So let's get this shit going, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And uh, you'll be hearing us soon because we're going to do another one of these in, uh, in a few days. All right. Bye, everyone.